Hey podcasters, welcome to Shaping Identity, a podcast for lived experiences with mental illness, addictions, and the road to recovery. All right, are you ready for some vulnerability? Here it is. So I wanted to start today by acknowledging the large break that I allowed myself. Um, I apologize for not stating it in my last episode that I would be taking a little holiday break. I honestly had anticipated continuing with episodes while I was away for holidays, and I think I was being too ambitious or not being realistic about my expectations. So I, yeah, I ended up giving myself a little break and hope that anyone listening was able to give themselves a little break if they needed it. So thank you for your patience and understanding and thank you for showing up for this journey again. I don't know if I thank you enough for listening and being a part of this journey with me because sharing my lived experience, I'm hoping is helpful for someone out there who may be struggling with similar circumstances or, I don't know, uh, needs a little bit of courage or help to know that they're not alone. So yeah, thank you for being here and being a part of this with me. I also wanted to acknowledge how hard the holidays can be. I've always been a person that I I loved the holiday season of Christmas and New Year's. We always had really strong traditions of where we would go and what we would do. And yes, my parents were split ever since I was little. So it was always a little bit different than others in that we had, I think, about four places on Christmas Day that we ended up going to. And so, I don't know, I, yeah, there were definitely hard Christmases and hard times over the holidays, but all in all, I really loved that time of year. And I think what's changed for me is a couple things, is that um, moving away from my hometown has changed the dynamic a bit. We went from having this pretty unique but normal to me schedule of where we would go, who who we would see and what we would be doing. And then I moved away and everything changed. And now every Christmas is new. I don't know, there's no normalcy to me. There's no um, expected timeline or routine, which is both exciting but difficult and so I'm trying to be okay with change because change is a constant in life but it uh yeah anyway all that to say holidays are hard and I know that for me this holiday in particular was challenging because it was the first time I had gone to my hometown in over a year and I think One of the hardest parts was seeing my mom after such a long time because, as I've indicated in other episodes, I have a really uh, dynamic relationship with my mom. We it's always changing, and it's never been completely good or completely bad. Um, We've had our differences, and I definitely had held a lot of resentment towards her for different experiences growing up. Um, but 
the bottom line is, is that there are lots of great qualities about my mom and things that I've learned about myself that like some parts of her are some of the best parts of me, if that makes sense. So like there's uh, a part that I learned from my mom is just always wanting to feed people. When people come over to my house, I just want to have a crazy amount of food and I never want to have anyone be hungry or not have their favorite thing. And so that's something that I picked up from my mom. And so I, I really I don't want to say that things were always bad with my mom or that I don't want anything to do with her or anything like that. It's just it it's a... I'm having a hard time coming up with a word, but it, it's been definitely up and down with her. And yes, there's a lot of pain looking back on our relationship, but there's also a lot of, a lot of love. And um, so seeing her after this year and a bit was really hard. I, uh, I was being updated by family members of my mother's condition. She's had both physical and mental ailments um, getting worse over the last couple of years. And, you know, it's one thing to hear it from your family members of what's going on. And it's another thing to see it and experience it. And so it was really, I can't say it enough. It was really hard to see her in her new current state and mentality and the confusion she had. It, yeah, I, I always knew growing up, like, my mom kind of embellishes stories or makes things up. And, you know, there's there's always been like silly stories that aren't true. But to actually see her in a state where she's talking and she doesn't even know what she's talking about or she kind of is going on tangents and doesn't really realize where her story is going. And so she'll start off at one point and end up in a completely different point. And so, yeah, I know she has struggled with bipolar disorder my whole life. And I mean, we have always thought she was a compulsive liar, but that's never been diagnosed. And so, yeah, she's had her mental health issues, but with her physical issues that have come up over the last couple of years, it's really put a decline on her mental status as well. Um, she's had lots of different infections that have caused psychosis and mental breaks. And yeah, it was, uh, honestly, I, I almost felt like seeing her this past visit, I feel like I lost a part of her. Um, she doesn't feel the same anymore. And there's a lot that while I resented it, I, I miss it. Like I, I miss the way she would, you know, have such pride in some of the things my sisters or I would do, um, or the pride she would have in her grandchildren and for her to not even have full knowledge of how many grandkids she has or not just not being all there was just another level of pain. And I almost feel like I'm grieving a loss of her and yeah it was it was really hard and I I actually had to I called her after our visit and I just said you know I'm really worried about you because you're really confused and there seems like there's not 
a lot connecting in your head right now. And so I had to have that talk with her and I asked her to please go into the hospital for an assessment because I was really worried and scared about what was going on. And she was very confused and didn't respond well. She didn't, I don't think anybody really likes hearing that they're confused or that they are losing their mental capabilities. But I, uh, yeah, I really tried to encourage her to get help. And I tried to explain why I was worried and why I really wanted her to get an assessment. And it was hard because it ended up where she just proved to be even more confused and out of it than I had originally thought. And so I ended up having to call the police to get a wellness check done on her because it was my only resort. She wasn't willing to go get checked out. And when it gets to that point, sometimes you need to call in help. And the police were able to do an assessment and they determined that she needed to go into the hospital because she was not completely there. And so they brought her into the hospital and this kind of makes my blood boil, so bear with me. But she got admitted into the hospital and as she always has in the past, was somehow able to talk her way out of it and explain away confusion and explain away what was happening. And she ended up getting discharged. And I still don't know if she actually got discharged or if she left AMA, which is leaving against medical advice, because she's definitely done that in the past. So I don't know what it was, and I guess I'll never know. But she ended up getting out anyway, and she went to work the next day. That that was really hard for me because it, uh, and I can ex- go into this further on another episode, but it just feels like sometimes the mental health systems in place and the checklists that need to be done are letting people slip through the cracks. And my mom isn't the first family member to have been lost in the system and yeah, I don't know. The, I feel like the system is letting down her and our family. And so anyway, I, I, and I do not by any means knock nurses or doctors. I think that they are highly, highly understaffed and underpaid for what they go through. And I know that sometimes their hands are tied by checklists of criteria that needs to be met in order to keep people. And so anyway, I could get into a whole tangent about this. All I'm trying to say is that the holidays this year were really hard for me. And so I want to acknowledge how hard they are for other people as well. And I know people lose family members, friends, acquaintances over the holidays. They may have trauma from holidays. There could be a lot of different reasons why the holidays are hard on people. And so I think you should always be checking in on people. but this time of year, it doesn't hurt for an extra, hey, I'm thinking about you text or a phone call to check in on someone we love or yeah, just making those visits happen when you can. So I mean, that's my little tidbit. But on that note, I do also want to mention because it came out, I I believe, after the last episode I did, but Canada has a new helpline for anyone who is thinking about suicide, or even if you're worried about someone you know that may be in a bad situation. And so the helpline number is 988 
weight. And again, this is just for Canada. So I apologize for listeners outside of Canada, but I think that it is a really great resource. So if you or anyone you know is struggling with suicide or thoughts, anything around it, uh, please don't hesitate to call 988 for, for support. I know that there have been times when I was, I was deep, deep in depression and a suicide hotline saved my life. And so I can't understate value that those numbers can have. They, they can make a difference. And so please, please don't forget 988 is a helpline in Canada for anyone thinking about or worried about someone they know that may be considering suicide. So that being said, I just want to move on. I had posted on Instagram that I wanted to talk today in this episode about core beliefs. So thank you for kind of bearing with me on my initial rant of the mental health care system and my mom's state and how holidays are hard. And so, yeah, thank you for that. Moving on. So core beliefs. I have always had this core belief that I am not good enough or I'm not worthy. And I I imagine other people have similar core beliefs. I don't think that I'm unique in any sense by having that core belief. But I do think that what's helped me in realizing my core beliefs was some work that I've done with my psychologist. I will call her Dr. V. Um, Dr. V and I have been working on establishing where my core beliefs are coming from, what evidence I have to support it or go against it. And, you know, I never really put merit in knowing the history or the background or the why of why I did what I did or why I act the way I do or why I am the way I am. I have always just been like, well, this is, it is what it is, but there's so much value I'm learning in uncovering core beliefs, where they stem from. And it's kind of nice because my, my psychologist does give me a lot of grace in that she'll allow me the space to sit with the core beliefs and she's not pushing super hard for me to right away do a complete flip from having the core belief to not. Um, she understands how hard it is to kind of unroot some of the, the roots that have been deeply ingrained in me. And and sorry, for anyone who doesn't know what a core belief is, it is something that is just that. It's ingrained in you, it's deep down within you, and it's a belief that you have of yourself or other people or the world itself, and it's it's deep within you. And sometimes you're conscious of it, and sometimes you're not. And I'll admit that I always knew that I didn't like myself and I always knew that I definitely assume other people hate me all the time, which may or may not be true. But anyway, those were thoughts that I always had. But when my psychologist and I were able to link those thoughts that I always had to this core belief that I was not worthy or not good enough, it is starting to make a really big difference and impact on my life. I can't really explain it very well, but I think there's something to be said about knowing this deeper side of you. Um, I think for me, I think it really helps me to give myself a little more grace than I normally would because 
I'm usually really hard on myself of, you know, I I just think the worst and I always allow for evidence to prove I am not worthy or I am not good enough to sit with me and feed that rooted core belief instead of allowing new beliefs to come in and change that, you know, and my psychologist had a really interesting way of describing it. And I hope I don't butcher it, but essentially your core belief is a circle and the circle has a little opening to it. You can imagine a little Pac-Man, if you will. And so that is your core belief. And when you have evidence to prove that that core belief is accurate, it's like your Pac-Man ate a little piece. Like it it was able to, the little piece was able to fit inside your core belief. Then when you get new evidence, something that proves, hey, you are worthy or you are good enough, that piece is square or a, a big piece that doesn't fit inside of your core beliefs. So it, it doesn't stick with you. And so you have all of this evidence growing that core belief that says you aren't good enough or you are not worthy. And while you do have evidence to prove that, prove otherwise, it's just not getting absorbed. It's not staying with you. And so I thought that was a really interesting analogy that has kind of helped me because I really do reject those pieces of evidence to say I am worthy or I am good enough. I do have friends. I do have family members. I do have people in my life that say they love me and whatever about me. And for whatever reason, my my mind is just like, nope, nope. Like I have zero worth and I have zero, zero, like anything to add to this world. And so anyway, all that to say, I I really would encourage anyone if they if they kind of resonate with what I'm talking about, talk to your psychologist about core beliefs because working on them and seeing all the different pieces that kind of play into it has, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been a game changer for me. It's really changing the way I see different parts of my life. I, I can acknowledge now I'm like, oh, that was evidence to prove me wrong, but I'm really rejecting it. And I, I try and sit with it more. And one of the affirmations that my psychologist, I said I was going to call her Dr. V and I keep saying my psychologist, but Um, Dr. V had kind of given me an affirmation. And again, when we came up with it, I wasn't able to say it. I wasn't able to acknowledge it or believe in it. And sitting with it more and more, I'm kind of able to allow myself to be like, okay, maybe this is true. And so the affirmation she gave me is people have value just for being alive. I am alive. Therefore, I have value. It's perfect for me because I need to acknowledge that there isn't something that will make me stand out or make me worthy. I am worthy because I'm alive. And that was a really big epiphany for me. It's really hard for me to even acknowledge this, and especially in a very public way, but it, uh, it's nice when you can work with a psychologist that can offer you affirmations or help you build affirmations that can really change your life and change your perspective. I think that this is going to be a really big turning point for me because I've always said in different ways how, like, even in starting this podcast, I really went back and forth on it, and I still do, but it's it's like, 
why why not me? Why can't I be the person to share the share my experiences and why can't I be the one who demonstrates maybe a little bit of bravery or courage in showing some of the other sides of mental health? And why can't I be that person? It's really nice to be able to have an affirmation that I can lean back on and understand that just because I'm alive, I have value. And I don't need some form of qualifier to make that true. Anyway, I feel as though I've rambled just about enough for this episode. I want to thank anyone and everyone for listening and again being a part of this journey with me. If you like Shaping Identity, please like, comment, or share. And make sure to follow me on Instagram at shaping underscore identity. That is the platform I use the most. Finally, Shaping Identity is available wherever you stream your podcasts. This is me signing off with a vulnerability hangover. I want to recognize Titan Media Collective for all of their help in getting set up, started, and their support throughout this journey. With that shout out in mind, here is another production by Titan Media Collective. Take a listen. Hey guys, this is B from Arbitrary Advice, your one-stop shop for advice, arbitrary and otherwise. We talk about anything and everything, from serious issues to internet challenges and life hacks. Have a question or topic you want covered? I'm available through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or email me at arbitraryadvicepodcast at gmail.com. My mission is to help people through their challenges, no matter the size. New episodes every Sunday and available anywhere you listen to podcasts.